This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, a much more refreshed Mitch Doyle. Hello. <laughs> Slightly more refreshed, but this this is a day later. We decided to record it later as my voice probably couldn't have held up another full podcast. So here we are. Just like Lockyer in 06, you catted it, mate. I did. <laughs> no, that wasn't 06. What year was it? 08? <laughs> no, no it was, uh, 2011. Whatever fucking year it was. When One I of the years to... he catted it. <laughs> ah, look. 20, that, so year, that year they lost to Manly in a prelim and he didn't play. Yes, 2011. Coward. Anyway, that's you. The biggest coward of all. All right. So we're back. All question time, as always, you know the drill. Uh, if only way to guarantee your questions are answered is to be a patron of the show, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And without any further ado, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions. Okay. As he said, over on patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, question time. First question comes from Doc Gowland. He asks innocently, what is the best flavor of shapes? Uh, formerly it was the crimp, obviously, but I can no longer eat those. So it is barbecue by default because they're the only ones that are vegan. Isn't that weird? It, it is weird that chicken crimpies actually have chicken in them. Yeah. They're not even vegetarian. They're straight up got chicken in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if all things are equal, chicken crimpies, but barbecue are the only ones I can eat now. So I've learned to love them and they're pretty good. So, so rating shapes, there's a whole aspect of elements you got to take in to account and it's more than just the flavor to people get focused just on the flavor it's the, the delight you get from the shape is part of the rating okay so sure. already doesn't matter how much you like cheddar the square is out the rectangle sorry, it's out you can't it's, win it's, it's the worst flavor anyway so yeah you don't like that savory has a nice mix of shapes but it hasn't got its own shape savory's out and also what a bullshit name for it a is. flavor savory they're all savory yes, yes. Exactly. So cheese and bacon, meh as well. But I get left with the the, you know, the, the contenders as a, a chicken crimpy pizza, barbecue and nacho cheese. And I'm going for Boomer, but I feel like back in my day, nacho cheese is better than what it is now. It has a lighter, crunchier texture, but I feel like this, the the flavor on top, like the flavor you could say, I could see more of it. Uh, I'm going with the best being barbecue as well. And then second chicken crimpy. Chicken crimpy simply being good. It dry my mouth out so much on the Saturday that <laughs> it may be responsible that. for some of the voice I have left. <laughs> it was, that was, you were making some weird sounds. It was on great. On purpose. That was great. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Good question. But, uh, but yeah, uh, pizza shapes are a child's favorite though. And yep. I'm not a childish children are stupid. So yeah. don't put them number one. Grow up. I think crimpy did win like that. They people they do votes in every couple of yeah, years. Yeah, but I don't. You, I'm the recently. biscuit king. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's the same. But, I think that's the one people vote. <laughs> democracy that as has well. failed us a million times. They have other flavors I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried the Vegemite ones. I got Charlie the um uh, some weird flavor the other day. Uh, yeah. it was like a toasted cheese sandwich. She said they were fine. Yeah, I've heard the Vegemite ones are decent, but I don't like Vegemite in general, so I have no desire to try those. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just wowing me that it tastes like Vegemite doesn't do it for me. Same thing, like, I, I like vanilla malt milkshakes, for example, right? I have no yep. time for Nutella-flavored milkshakes. If I want Nutella, I will have it out of the jar. It's a taste like a man. <laughs> I wouldn't milk down my Nutella, water it down. Nutella milkshakes, milk. are, they always sound good in theory, but they're never very good. Well, the, the pasty feeling at the back of your mouth. Yeah, and they just taste like kind of like milky with a Nutella aftertaste. Yeah, awful. Get mm. them out of here. 
anyway, next question. Turbo's Heroes. Feels like it's a new patron. Thanks, Turbo. Thanks on your Turbo. Uh, why do you think teams sometimes do better when they have one player sin bin? Canberra scored twice in a weekend in 2019, did a couple times when a player was off. Did did Canberra score with a player off in 2019? No one's ever yeah. no one's ever mentioned we, that before. We said Manly in 2019. Oh wait, no, yeah. No. But I, I mean, you see, you said sometimes one player is in the sim bin. Again, sometimes it randomly happens, but most of the time the team at the player in the bin gets pounded. And they did this weekend as well. That like the, I saw someone with average margin in those p- periods. I think NRL fan, uh, uh, what is he called? Fan, fan analytics or something on Twitter did that. Got absolutely smashed in those periods. I have no idea what it is, but Canberra, I mean, it was, they're playing the Bulldogs who couldn't take advantage of the numerical advantage. I think that's all it is. I mean, the, the Dragons did okay with 12 1 later as well, but the game was over. Uh, anyway, Razor. He took his young son to his first magic round to watch his beloved Broncos. Oh, this this is a poor child. Um, it wasn't long after halftime they noticed a particularly miserable look on his face. Mm. I'm going to pat him on the back. I believe it may have been some accidental contact to the head. Am I on report? Yeah, look, it's a bad one, but he's fallen into it. So it's just a sim bin. Because yeah. I assume he was trying to get fetal to start crying on the ground. He was. So. <laughs> Hunter Austin. Interesting question. How do you think a struggling Sydney club should go about building a better club culture? It's no secret that all of the better performing teams seem to have an uh, even better organization off the field. I feel like most clubs want to mirror the storm strategy system, sorry, without taking into account the myriad of factors that influences, influences a club's identity. For example, history, location, local competition, mm. media attention, scrutiny, etc. With this in mind, what do you think the focus should be when trying to improve club culture for a team in Sydney? That's a really tough one because lately, if you think about it, especially in, I guess, this sort of hyper-professionalized era of the last five to 10 years, it's pretty much been the same Sydney clubs that have been good the whole time. Like, Mm. you know, the Dogs and the Dragons have scraped into seventh and eighth here and there. The Tigers have not made the finals at all. Parramatta have barely been good. I mean, I know they've been okay the last couple of years, but I mean, they were pretty bad for a few weeks. It's it's pretty much just been the Roosters leading the way with Souths behind them and and Manly having a few good years as well and, and the Sharks winning the comp in 2016. Um, I'm not really sure what the common denominator between that group of teams is, but it does seem like most of the time when you read stories about board stouches and things like that, it inevitably involves the West Tigers or the Bulldogs <laughs> or Parramatta. So maybe that's a part of it. I mean, the, the word culture is used far too often just to mean a team that is winning a lot in sports, you know, and like winning, obviously papers over so many cracks of culture in, in teams, but I think one of the things you said, he said, clubs want to mirror the storm system. Yeah, teams do that, but they want it to do it the easy way. Like so often teams think, oh, we'll just bring in two storm players and everything will change here. It's like, no, that is not how this works. <laughs> like it's not to mirror the storm system. You have to do, invest in development of players. And, it, and that, that goes with investing in players to stay in reserve grade to like the 23, 24. And no one has the patience. The Storm always had the patience and and they've just built a culture for such a long time that you keep winning, things work, people want to go there. It's actually quite easy for them to stay good now. Yeah. Because... Once you're good for a while, it's easy. Like the Roosters have like Sam Walker just rocks up, like wants to go to the Roosters now. And it was easy for Brisbane for a long time because they were the Broncos. It's hard to know where to start, but it's just like any good workplace, mate. It It's good management and good re- recruitment and retention. Any good workplaces like this, 
the yep. culture exists because of the of that. It does, you know, the the pe- culture doesn't exist before the people get there. You bring in the right people, and you get a culture. It's got to start from the top. I mean, look, the, the 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 professionalism era for Souths. I mean, it, it started primarily with Shane Richardson arriving, and that's just how that's just how I think you have to go about these things. And uh, yeah, it's not as easy as getting. I, I'm sure it's not that simple for everyone to just go and poach the best executives from other teams. I know the Broncos did it, you know, this year, but. Um, yeah, I think it starts from well above the playing group and the coaching staff. Yeah, it does. And I, I don't want to always make this about Broncos or South, but you could see even even though Brisbane were winning with Wayne Bennett was there, once that boardroom battle that you mentioned earlier, Bungard, once the boardroom battle began at Brisbane, you end up, you know, ruining what culture was there. But the boardroom came involved in Brisbane, got rid of Wayne, and then the culture tumbles from there. It always comes down from the top, the management from the top. And it comes down that you said at some of those clubs, the Bulldogs will put band-aids upon band-aids in front of people about their coach or retention or whatever. Dez's fault, then this guy's fault, that guy's fault. But the common denominator has been the people in charge there for that distance. And they're still there. And I, I don't know, a lot of it, as you said, there's a myriad of factors that make an identity, history, location, that kind of shit that, I also find a lot of stuff's overrated as well. Like yeah. the Panthers, Melbourne don't have any history. The Roosters have yeah. the fewest fans of any team in Sydney. Yeah, and that I don't doesn't think matter. Penrith didn't like right now. They're winning and they've got you know good culture and in air quotes, but it just it has nothing to do with a lot of those things. He's their club history. <laughs> no, come on, location. They'll get juniors from that, obviously. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know how like, a, 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 a sorry Sydney team should go about building a better club culture, but I do think that. For teams like the Tigers, which is probably who this is about, it's don't do what the other city teams are doing. You know, you've yeah. got to do something to be a point of difference. And um, I think a lot of it will come down to they started doing it now, but when the when uh, since uh, Adam Hardigan's been there, he's like looking in different backyards, bringing in players from England. They're doing now players from north of the border. They're doing now. They're bringing more Indigenous players, but. They're not doing what they were doing in the past and just overpaying other people's scraps. You know, they're, they're trying to build something from the ground upwards. And eventually when they start winning, all of a sudden we'll start claiming they have good culture because good culture just means you've won football games this year. Yeah. And there's no, there's no quick fix, but at the same time, it does feel like the gap between the haves and the have nots right now is bigger than it's ever been before. It feels like, like we're that go because with... of it. It is like that for yeah. the, the results. I mean, you know? Raiders aside, it's pretty much been the same good teams now since 2018. And yeah. it doesn't look like that's going to change this year either. So Yeah, and it's just quite like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into another one of these rants. I'm sure they're coming about the rule change and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, who even knows now what a good recruit is when you can't even tell me what the rules are going to be in two years? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question comes from Cam Beswick. What's sillier? The epic high contact crackdown or me thinking my four-year-old daughter would be happy sitting through two straight games at Magic Round? How old was she? Sorry, four-year-old daughter. That's yeah, it's a tough ask. Um, also, do you guys have any hangover movie-type moments over the weekend? <laughs> I think the horde of Red Dragons is the most movie-like thing that happens. There's a few things, and they won't be going onto the podcast. No. I'm sure Back- they're on the Discord already. Yeah, but the the horde of Red Dragons climbing up our wall. It's pretty <laughs> funny. It. Uh, also, actually, for some reason, all weekend we yelled out. Goodbye in Dan Ganane's voice, like every 10 minutes. I'm not yep. really sure why we started doing it, but we did. 
And then as we, as Mitch and I went back to the house between the games on Sunday, as we we're walking back to the ground, Dangadang gets into his car outside our house. So we, so I sent him off with a goodbye, and he, I think he, I think he shouted one back actually. So good on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it started from a good friend of the podcast, Edwin Smith, yelling it for no reason. <laughs> and if you don't know, who, if you don't know who Edwin Smith is, he is the brother of Nigel Smith, who is the the greatest critique of this podcast. So give us yep. a bit, give us the best feedback of the podcast fans. But uh, <laughs> but it, I think Edwin, I don't know why he started yelling it. He started, and then he said it was just a theme of the weekend, but. Topped off by seeing you getting to yell at a Danganane. The great man. Anyway, uh, Matthew Duggan. How can it be possible to be against PVL changing the rules of the sport on a whim like he is Vince Russo booking WCW while also, booking WCW while also not <laughs> wanting players to have brain damage? That's a brilliant comparison. Um, I think largely we've been like the, the latest rule is not, anywhere near the worst one he's brought in and i think we said that yesterday but oh, to be fair these questions came in before we recorded yesterday but mm. yeah look of all the things he's done i think the head thing is probably the least bad yeah but this way it was handled again but it's also but exactly. the first time every punter has got attention from it because the true. same poor process has been in all the other rule changes but those people don't seem to give a shit but as you know certain people in this game that our oh, game's gone soft people that crowd once you lose that crowd you've lost most of them you know that uh, so Vince Russo was, was that real? Was it Russo Russo? Yeah, so he was the he was the guy that just booked like a bunch of insane shit at, towards the end of WCW before it inevitably failed and became part of WWE. So yeah. okay, I um I did see what's his name Ray Mysterio and his son won the tag team championship. This his week. his large adult son, which is um, I remember his son from that. I was still a fan when they that weird like oh with Eddie Guerrero for, yeah, yeah, yeah battle for custody thing. But I googled. Uh, what's saying Dom Mysterio yesterday? When I, sorry, Wikipedia. When I when I read that, he's twice the size of Eddie. And it was quite funny going down his Wikipedia that he supported his father in like a, an eye for an eye match last year. Oh like, yeah, that was that was still that was great. Stuff to give me, except the, no, you, know, you lose if you take an <laughs> so other guy's eye you out had of the to socket. pull the guy's eye out of its socket to win. So great. Does Rey Mysterio claim to have been missing an eye still, or it's like it, look, it's not. It was very stupid. Just move past it. it. Was. Also, shout out to former guest host uh, Matty Warburg made his pay per view debut on the weekend at, at Backlash, the WWE pay per view. He was a zombie who attacked the Miz. Does he? Does he still have both of his eyes? Yes. <laughs> I do like. I remember the old matches when they used to have a wrestler losing his hair, so they did a hair versus hair match. Well, yeah, didn't Don- Donald Trump shaved Vince McMahon's head like on TV? There you go. Okay. Um. Next question. Maybe we should do eye for an eye in rugby league, actually. Bring the eye gouge back. Josh McGuire is going to be thriving. Swarzy says, considering how miserable the state of rugby league is currently in and given the confidence that exists around Philandis by way too many influential figures, should we allow him to go full mask off on his Putin-like dictatorship of the game and find joy in how bad things could get? Yes. I mean, that's what I was doing on the weekend in the end. Same. I was just every sim minute and I'll just whatever. Like, it could either ruin my weekend or just laugh at it. And I laughed at it. And the games were terrible, but I got to laugh when someone called for Simbin and send offs the entire game. And then some of them happened. Yeah, look, it's it's just you we've just got to laugh at it at this point. I'm just watching less games than I've ever watched. Except I like I'll still obviously catch highlights and watch replays and similar because yeah. I response I feel responsible to do that because I want to ed- educate my opinion on the game. But live games on weekends, I never watched as little as I am right now. Yeah. As I said, we literally sat around a table having a yarn on Saturday night, yeah. 50 meters from an actual NRL game. <laughs> yeah. that we had no interest in watching. Uh, 
M, she says, who's more annoying, Ben or M when demanding 100% always from their teams? Or see, I think it's still, uh, let's just use their fan, let's just use their fan bases as a whole. So I still think Storm fans are more annoying when it comes to that specific thing because Panthers fans aren't so much concerned with getting 100%. They're still concerned with respect from everybody they're, else. They're, and also the most annoying fan base simultaneously wanting everybody to like them whilst also demanding that we respect them. Yeah, they're the most annoying fan base at the moment because they've yeah. changed, like they've now come around. Actually, maybe it's not just maybe the rules aren't actually that great because they couldn't separate people not liking the rules with it not being about the Panthers. Um, anyway, Gilby, who was the Magic Round MVP out of the group you attended with? It was a team effort. I'm not going to single anyone know. out. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of honorable mentions. A lot of a lot of footy church attendees that really really stood up. Yep. A lot of guys in the fringes that are facing reserve grade. Yep. There are a lot of guys staring out of a barrel next year. We're going to have to have a couple of conversations, tough conversations about their, their future as contributing to footy church. But the core group really stood up. The leaders of that yep. group really, so, really. Especially on, on Sunday morning when a lot of people were hurting. Your, your bungards and your Camptons were still going. I, I still, I was fighting through it. I wasn't you in the tried. Line, I, I did. <laughs> You didn't like it though. I went and had halfway through. What game was it? The, the first game oh, the, Sunday. The dra- oh, it was Eels. Eels, Eels, uh, Eels Warriors. Yeah. I, I, I walked to Macca's and that staircase, that staircase, you made me walk back up. Oh yeah. You were like, can we get the elevator? I'm like, it's nine stairs. <laughs> but no, it, it was 9,000 <laughs> to me at that point. Oh. Uh, Patrick Lawrence. After witnessing fans of all teams, one place. Which fan base is the biggest bunch of dickheads? <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to answer that question because um, like it, it wasn't like people were offshoots and like, you know, manly, you know, when you got a footy game and there's a fan base is being annoying, it's like, oh, that's a big bunch of manly fans who are fuckwits. It wasn't really like that because it was so commingled, you know? Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I didn't take really note of any one fan base in particular when we were there and think, geez, these guys are pricks. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just most people, it was pretty good. Like, it was pretty good vibe, to be honest. I didn't see any yeah. fights among us. It was just, most people were just having a good time. That dude in the top hat scold like five beers. It's, um, a, be- it's a better vibe than a general match you're going to because obviously it's people, are, it's a lot more people who are just there to enjoy themselves and it's just this team versus that team. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's just, uh, mate. The tribalism is dead. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to be tribal when 14 sixteenths of the... I'm oh, sorry, I should simplify that. Seven-eighths of the crowd are not watching their team at any given point. Uh, Patrick Lawrence also said, which retired dragon would you bring back to fill in this week? Well, they had to have played for the Broncos as well. That's the problem you're facing there. So, Nick, what's Nick Emmett up to? Get him back. You need backs, don't you? Dubs. Bring him home. Dubs element. Got Nick Emmett. What is he? Almost forty. Is Morant still in the books of the Dragons? No, but get him back as well. There's another one. Perfect. Uh, Dan Cullinane. You have eighteen dollars and a gorgeous Saturday evening after day two of Magic Round. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Do you get a metric shitload of lettuce with some bread, or do you enjoy the glory of a HSP? Uh, they didn't have any fries. <laughs> Trick question. They, they were out of fries as well. Also, eighteen dollars. Where'd the other five dollars go? You didn't tip I don't, the guy five bucks. Did I did you? not tip the guy five bucks. I just well, look. They didn't have fries either. My, yeah. I had not. I hadn't had a meal in two days at that point. I was Abra Kebabra, Great name. Terrible kebab joint. Yep. Saw me coming a mile away. 
So if you guys don't know what we're talking about here, is that uh, uh, we have to fill it in now. Yes, yes. I've tried to ignore some of the magic round questions. I, yeah, but this one, one, I mean, yeah, most innocent. of them can be ignored, but the, this one has to be addressed. Uh, so Bungard went Saturday night to Abracadabra. So 3 a.m. For context, again, I had not eaten a meal since we'd gotten to Brisbane. So starving. I had some crimpies. Oh, you didn't have any crimpies. That was me. <laughs> no, that was you. <laughs> you watched me eat crimpies. I did. Um, uh, yeah, line up in the crab shop. We're like the last people they serve for the night as well. And everything else is closed. So my, this is these are my options at this point. Um, I said, can I get a falafel roll? They're like, we're out of falafels. I'm like, fuck's sake. All right, can I get some fries? They're like, we're out of fries. I'm like, shit. All right. And the guy goes, do you want a salad roll? I'm, I'm like, what? Like just everything everything besides the falafels, a shitload of tabbouleh and stuff. I'm like, yes, yeah, sure, fine. That sounds good. And then just didn't think they'd charge me. I thought it'd be like, you know, six bucks or something. No, the full 13 that I would have paid for a falafel. Yeah. When this uh, is my look, friend, you can't you can't say anything. You're friends now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next question. Well, Liam actually says, not a question, just a comment. Good work organizing the catch-up. Thank you to there me. You yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did not want to see people during the day Saturday. Oh, you were just in a corner. Well, well the, like the, the whole time while I was meeting the meeting the fans the great. one thing brisbane need to do for me to extend my magic round contract for a decade is put a fucking kfc on caxton street what are that's we doing fair. here oh and shout out channel nine for actually broadcasting the meetup for like five seconds i did but uh that's um, it i was struggling saturday morning and as you said i struggled for food that whole weekend because like there's just no good food in that little precinct and we went walk i wasn't walking past lord lord alfred's the furthest i walked yeah. that and mac was just my, my square of walking that weekend but uh yeah Catch up was, was good. Hopefully, if we do it again next year, I'll be in better shape than I was. You will this year. be. What do you mean, if? Of course, we will. Well, I mean, I'll just make sure I, you know, I, I'll, I'll pre pack a lunch. I'll bring my yeah. own iceberg <laughs> lettuce. I'll make you two sandwiches. Yes. It'll, it'll just be lettuce and tomatoes. We'll, we'll go up to Woolies, we'll buy four, what, $13 worth of lettuce. So 45 okay. icebergs or whatever that gets you. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll have those. And yeah, once again, shout out Lord Alfred. You know, get our own little private bar downstairs on the street as well. So people like haven't we walking past, soaking up the vibe. And yeah, Santa I walked past a bunch of cameras at one point, so I think we got we got on the TV as well, so that was cool. Yeah, I would um I would like to organize some canapes for next year's event that are literally just lettuce wraps, like tiny little ones, and you're all eating them, you're all paying for them. <laughs> I'm doing the official sandwich of the podcast. <laughs> I could get a falafel roll after this. Yeah, uh, Josh Brandon. Uh. If a young player is born in Victoria, plays locally, comes up through the storm system, is he automatically barred from ever playing Origin? No, nah, they'll just play for Queensland. Well, see, there's a there's a whole bunch of things boxes you have to tick for Origin, and they'll probably change eventually. But it's like six or seven boxes you have to tick, and the first thing you start with is like, were you born in these states? So his answer is no. Sweet, okay. Have you resided in New South Wales or Queensland prior to your thirteenth birthday? The answer is no. And then the last question of those two knows is, did your father play State of Origin? If your dad played Origin. You were eligible for the state he played for. If not, you aren't eligible. It's that. It's pretty simple. The yes is a bit more, a bit more complicated because if you're born in both, and there's a whole like majority thing of like, you know, were you in the just state for the majority of your schooling? Where was your first mate? You know, your first junior game, all that kind of shit. But if your dad played Origin, you're eligible for your dad's Origin team, pretty much. That's the only thing you can you can guarantee. Uh, that's how, like I've said this before on the podcast, Adrian Lamb was never eligible for Origin, was allowed to play because of the Super League war, became eligible for Queensland, and now his son, Lachlan, would never have been eligible for Queensland unless for his dad, is now eligible for Queensland. I like that one. Generational rorts. That's funny. Uh, Butsy says, the Knights have lost to the Tigers twice in 2021. 
That's his, that's is, what he says. Is that a question? It should be a question <laughs> in twenty twenty one. I Luke Sturkenboom. If who, who are you, Sturkenboom? Look at that name. Great name. <laughs> if the NRL were to have the same award system as the NBA, who would you be on your MVP ballot so far? And who would your most improved player be? Is it five or ten for NBA? I can't remember. We'll just do five. Okay. Um, have to, like for this year, just yep. um, whew, it's a tough one. I probably have to go with Ryan Pavenhausen. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Cleary is probably my number one pick mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, you probably get away with having Luai in there as well. I think probably like third or fourth on there. Um, and then probably I'd go with. I think Trell still played enough games so far to be in that mix. Um, and given that he's been the best player on the field in every game he's played so far, I'd probably say Tom Tavoyevich. That's my five. Yeah, mine would be Cleary, Tavoyevich, uh, Fisher-Harris. Uh, Latrell, is, as you said, the games one is tough for me. Probably Latrell. I mean, I'd say Played more Trell. than Turbo. Yeah, he has. And then, yeah. Did I say Tommy Turbo well, at the, the start? You did. Yeah, and then I'd like to give Payne Haas one because he's been so damn good, but he can't get it for me. And then most improved player, even though I knew it was in there, it's it's an easy vote. It's Isaiah Papali'i. Uh, yeah, he he's 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 a good answer. I think Kayon Kolomatungi is another one who'd be up there pushing him. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much every Panthers player as well. Yeah, all, it's Brian Toto has somehow gotten better. So yeah, it's yeah. hard for like guys like Kolomatungi because it's their second year. It's hard for them. And even though I always thought Papali'i could be this good. He played like three or four years in NRL before this. And who's checking? Who's, who's comeback player of the year so far? Is it Bryce Cartwright? I'm trying to think who else has had a big comeback. Like it, it, so far, it could be him. We haven't really had one of those massive, notable injury returns. Hmm. And we might be missing someone now. People are yelling at us over, but yeah, I can't think of anyone else who's had a big layoff. Or for any other reason, was really garbage last year. That's come back and played really well. I mean, does Pangai count? Considering he was pretty mm. much getting punted, mm, possibly. And he, and he and he got Simbin. So he got like suspended for all of last season. Fuck it, I'll give it to him. He counts. <laughs> uh, good question, Luke. And uh, the last one on Patreon before Discord is Thomas Hay. He knows my answer to this question. Or your answer too. He says, "What is your impression of how Landers pushes through these rule changes with little to no process?" Does he have the whole of the rules committee by the balls where they're too scared to oppose him or they're just a bunch of clueless individuals he has under his thumb? Both, but also, yeah, I mean, obviously we're not fans of it and it's mm-hmm. it's good that people that have a little bit more power than us have finally started to realise this. And I hope that, you know, people like, even people like Brett Finch coming in and that rant that's gone viral this week, um, even guys like him standing up and saying something, I think might be the catalyst for like bigger dogs to come forward and say things as well. Like I feel like a guy like Sturlow has been itching to say something anti all this stuff the whole year. Like I asked him about the rule change that started again. He was against them. I feel like we're getting to a point now where some of those people that actually have influence in the game might be, might be ready to come off the back fence in the near future. I mean, you can see it on, you can see it on uh, his face. He won't yeah. say it, but you can see it on his face. Uh, so for me, it's like the rules, they can do whatever they want, the NRL. And that's, it's one of the things that whatever their contractual agreements are over the time, they're only going to do, bring whatever rules they want in. And that's just how it works. And other sports, it doesn't work like this because other sports have different structures set up. Like the NBA have um, 
what's it, the board of governors, for example, that people have to approve all these things, you know, so you can't just change rules tomorrow. And the board of governors is like team owners and all that kind of stuff. So you have to be approved. Pretty simple. Whereas here it's, then I could just bring in rule changes, you know, so whatever. They've never really done it like that in the past. So they have had crackdowns, obviously, in, in inter- interpretation things. And they have had times where they've done, enforced, you know, they've enforced the interpretation of th- something differently. But this, they, I mean, they're bringing, they're bringing rule change wherever they feel like at the moment and whatever. I don't know when it's going to stop because it feels like rule changes are the, are the solution to rule changes at this point. Okay, over on the Discord. I'm probably going to ignore the ones that are about magic round. Yeah. The ones that are like for like the benefit of 15 people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So these go back to May 14th, I think. Yeah. I'm looking at ones. them, but there's a lot of, a lot of garbage there. Yeah. So morgues on 14th yeah, of May is that. I think where we're starting. Following on from the score sizzler, do all these rule changes suggest that PVL is actually an <laughs> AFL union plant designed to rugby league from within? Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. So he Scorsese's question was, has Landis always known he was doing this when he chose to destroy the tempo of the game by adding set restarts just to incorporate incorporate quarter time breaks to increase ad revenue? If you yeah. ask me, there is no conspiracy here because no. if he wanted to bring in quarters, he would have just done it. Yep. Uh, V8 Tiger says, should the Dewey Decimal System replace the metric system, which is the tool, which is the tool of the devil? <laughs> Uh, Everything in decimals. I'm here for it. Yeah, I like it. Mario Six is a manly, the true magic story of the round. Uh, no. Uh, sure. Why Why not? I mean, wasn't Mario calling for the entire club to get sacked like four weeks ago? Actually, most improved player could be Jason Saab, by the way. He most improved since like round three. Yeah, but that's just like, <laughs> I know it's mainly because of Tom being there, but yeah. he's been great. He's so. been amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Mario's next question, is it time to accept that South might just not be that good? They won? And they were missing a lot of players. I don't we'll understand. We've lost one two, player we've and they lost got the two games. Spoon. We've lost two games this year and they were both to a team that historically we've beaten like 8% of the time. Um, Line three. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've gone, the, we went three and one without the guy who was arguably the form player of the competition before he got suspended. Uh, not to mention our halfback, the best lock in the world. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Um, and, you know, a couple of other guys, well, Campbell Graham was out, Mansour was out. Um, no. Look, the 50-point thing was embarrassing, obviously. Yes, but they were yes. never, ever going to win that game. The game around run was a lot closer than people realize. Um, and yeah, no, they're fine. I mean, you know, this week they get Reynolds, Latrell, Gray. I think everyone but Murray back this week. Yeah. So if they get out this week, that's slightly more concerning. But I don't think they will. So shut up. Yeah. Okay. Next question again from Mario. Here we go. Anticipation, anticipation of more bins this week. Please name your one to 17 of best bin players. Well, there was 17 people. Was there 17? And sent off. So <laughs> there it is. Fantastic. Sort them how you want to. Uh, Matt Duggan says, is the real magic of this magic round is making the Vlandis defense squad disappear? Yes. Yes. That one is correct. Uh, Harvey says, how bad for rugby league? Oh, it's, it's, oh. I still love it, but yeah. Okay. Magic round, magic round. Jeez, Mario, you, you have some fear of missing out of magic round. You've asked a lot of questions over the weekend. 
Uh, Benny did ask, he ordered four pizzas from pizza on his way home. Am I, am, am I the best thing to come out of magic round? You did well, Quagmire. We're proud of you. That's uh, Benny DTD. Other, oh, not Quagmire. Yeah. Uh, Mario says he's not a gambler. So this must be, a stu- might be a stupid question, but next round, would it be feasible for gambling degenerates to gain the system by live betting big money on a team? Whenever they see a big tap will happen. That looks like likely to result in a bin or send off. I bet the agency is going to be on this thing quickly enough. Yes, they are, mate. They suspend it before betting agencies, unless you're yeah. at the ground, see it before you do, mate. Yeah, you can't you can't beat the system. Yeah, and they will be suspended. By the time you get through on that phone call, it's over, baby. You have you will not beat them. Uh and he also says, Would the crackdown actually work with a genius to distract from the poor quality of games all weekend? I don't think it distracted from the poor quality. <laughs> uh Rough Belly says, How many records have been broken in the PVL era? Seems like a lot. Feels like all of them. Uh score says like if Penrith do in the premiership this year. Will their fans forget to celebrate it because Kakao gets denied a try in the 73rd minute <laughs> up by 20? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, Matty McP says, can we get a 1 to 13 of your favorite Simbins from the weekend? Oh. Well, we missed like 11 to 15 of them. My so. favorite was uh, Joe O getting Simbin. <laughs> this is I yelling at him. I don't remember that. There you go. Uh, Friday Beers is a question for both of you. When did getting bounced in beer pond by Benny Quags myself ranking the highlights of your weekend? What happened to no magic round questions? Yeah, I'm going to ask that one because I'm not afraid of answering it. God, I was so blind drunk for that. I, uh, I've got no excuses. We lost. But Did I play a game with you? Yes, we... Oh, did we? We You played with... Who was it? Someone before me. Maddie was my teammate. I remember There you that. go. And then we played I after playing that. with you. And you were the liability. Well, there you that's go. How, there you go. Well, I don't remember playing with you, so that tells you what kind of state we were in. But I mean, we're talking about a six-cup game for cowards. It shouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't count any record books. Pansies. Also, just, Jack Cronin is like nine foot tall and was definitely yeah. leaning over the table. So a game of ten cup next year, baby. You'll see what we have. Yeah, you goes. wait. You, you get your boys when they're actually coherent, yeah. and you got yeah. no chance. Now, he's only used to dealing with people when they're incoherent, mate. Taking them home and oh, taking okay, them. Okay, now, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mitch. <laughs> Was God. Uh okay, this is a good one. Who was the real MVP of the weekend and why was it the Colonel? Mate, the Colonel not being at the stadium makes him not MVP. I shouldn't have to order the Colonel. Why is Red Rooster in the stadium, not the Colonel? Ridiculous. And ordering the Colonel on like Uber Eats in Brisbane, that's one thing that's bad out there, mate. That takes forever. Yeah. I remember that the meet I think we were at, at my house before the meetup we were supposed to go to yeah. and you and a couple of other people ordered the Colonel on Uber Eats at like ten thirty. And, and I'm, like, I'm like, we have to go. The thing starts at 12 and you're like, my food isn't here yet. It was like yeah. 11.55. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. All right. It arrived just after 12, but it was like, took them, took them like 35 minutes to get a driver. Mm. Not great. Uh, ben Qualiata. Question for Bungard. What does Simon and Billy Burns have in common? Oh, you idiot. I, I forgot about that. You dumb cannot joke. answer that. Uh, ben Wallace forgot the drama of Magic Weekend. Tell us the good shit. What was the best off the field moment from the friends you made along the way? Best feed, best booze. Was a Aurora ball played? Uh, Aurora ball was not played because, um, well, there's no shots in the stadium for one thing. And we were pretty loosely amalgamated. Like we were all floating around sitting with different people in different spots for each game. And then, you know, leaving in the middle of games and stuff and going to the house and stuff. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't conducive. Condu- it wouldn't have been conducive a for Aurora ball. Yeah. Uh, I know Cumberland throw uh, Mitch from there. They did. Um, they did. Yes, they did do it. So good. Good on them for getting it done inside the stadium. 
that would that would have been financially crippling if you played a raw ball in the stadium with like over five people. Yeah. With the considering like that we have this drinks for Simbins and send offs as well. Lord. Uh, the best feed at Magic Man, mate, I barely ate. <laughs> like it's a concern. The two meals I had the whole weekend were they had Maccas and KFC. Yeah, not good. Uh best booze. I just no, that no, no, they, we were full blown grubby. Okay, <laughs> we didn't go anywhere, eat anything. We just drank beer and whatever the hell was in the house. We didn't move between the furthest north I went from the house <laughs> is Coles, and the furthest yes. south I went was the stadium. And both of those places were under a hundred meters away from the yeah. house. Coles was too far for me that way, but I think Mackey's is further the other direction. Anyway, uh, f- uh, no, okay, these are too many magic round questions. Still going past them. Okay, this this one will take this one. Commonos asks, who is going to be the first Magic Round 2021 attendee to get a tattoo commemorating the event? Hmm. Well, there are a couple of guys who are fans of commemorating Magic Round, so... Yeah, maybe one of them. <laughs> John249 <laughs> said, rate Trim Barrett's tenure at the Bulldogs. So far, it has the dogs or field performance alter your perception of Dean Pay's coaching ability in any way? No. It just confirms our perception of Trent Barrett's coaching ability. Yeah, hundred percent. We neither of us rated Barrett. Uh, I thought Dean Pay was okay. Time to go. He was okay. But whatever. But they were never going to go anywhere though. with him. But Barrett was never the choice. And just because Penrith scored points, it was so funny they took this all back into it. As if a head coach, like if you want a good attacking coach, you hire a good attacking coach. You don't hire him as your head coach. Yeah. Okay. Guys like Matt Elliott and Dave Ferner have always been better as assistants. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's just reasons for these things. I don't know what they are, but there are reasons. Uh, Michael L, it's RCB Sharks. So with Jared Beal signing with the Dragons and Albert Kelly making his Bronx debut, what other random Sharks journeymen should return to the league? I mean, it's obviously Danny Nutley. Get him back. Uh, have I lost M. Bungard? Bungard just had a blackout at his house, but let me remind me to look at Discord and read there. I just remembered, how's about Sebastian Chris being down on the QR website as a Queenslander? Hmm. Not eligible. Play actually played for the under eighteen Blues. Does the under eight? Does that mean anything? Don't you change? Yeah, he's a. Didn't he's Luke Kiry play for the one that didn't? Oh, that was residence though. That was different, wasn't it? Yeah, I um, mean, it's it's a strange one because um, like. I saw him there and I was like, that's weird. I'll Google him. And I Googled him and I didn't really know. I got easy to go check if he played for those teams. But it wasn't on his Wikipedia or anything or mention anywhere. It wasn't on his agents page about, page about him. But then Jack Cronin, we go on a Discord after the game. They're already talking Queensland teams and someone's picked them. Sorry, after the podcast. And then Jack Cronin points out that I think he played for the under 18 New South Wales. And he did. So there you go. QRL update the eligible players. But they have Sebastian Chris there who is not eligible. I guess I shouldn't trust the website that also at one point had John Bateman down as eligible for Queensland. But anyway, our next question comes from uh, no, no, Dragon Punk 12. When will Anthony Griffin stop turning the Dragons into the early 2010s Broncos? He simply will not. He He'll won't. stop when he runs out of players. How has he not taken Corey Oates? I don't know. Good question. It makes, that's the one that makes the most sense, isn't it? Uh, happy Camper says, where to now for Milford and which club would be would most benefit from his talent? 
I think he has to go to a good club and be like a rebuilding project for a backup. team like Souths or Melbourne. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think given that the whole problem at the moment is that he's not really got a lot of support in terms of playmaking up there. And, you know, the, the Brisbane are moving in the right direction in a lot of ways, but I think a lot of things that are wrong there at the moment and have led to his demise would be similar at other struggling clubs. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to. You'd have to be playing like the Benji Marshall role, if you like, at like a good team. I mean, for him, he's 27 this year, so he's starting to get on in, in playmaker days. But if I really thought, how can I save my career for the next four to five years long term? I'd be asking my agent to call the Storm and say, "I'll be your Nico Hines next year. Give me 150." I'll come down there. I'll be a Nico Hines. I'll fill in the spine. One of those guys are out, but go down there, prove that. And someone will sign you on the back of that the year after it, honestly do that. Or you said be a Benji at South or similar. My, my big key for his career is that if he goes to a team like the Titans, when we spoke about the, the great things that match, like Adam Reynolds brings to Brisbane, all the things the Broncos are missing. Milford's strengths and weaknesses like match exactly with what's wrong with the Titans. Like, he'll be great when they're kicking teams down in. He'll be terrible when they're getting their heads kicked in. It's like, whatever. He just accentuates what's wrong with him. But I'm with you, mate. I don't even know what the way back in his career because he seems – he's still obviously got bags of talent, but his decision-making seems so broken. That I don't know where he'll go. Um. Anyway. Mitch says, uh, how disappointed are you both that a returning fat half of the Super League this weekend is not Chris Sandow? <laughs> As much as I could be, but also, what was that quote from today saying? Decline in the sport has, uh, sorry, de- uh, the, the interest in the sport has declined since I stopped playing. Yes, I don't oh, know whether they misquoted him, but no, the Chris Sandow quotes are so funny from him asking about a return. No one will ever have him back ever, but his quotes, he he honestly thinks he's like Andrew Johns. It's great. I I love it. That one fifty k, no half would regret it. Sure, I'm out of shape, but just a couple of weeks will fix that. All that kind of garbage and. Interest in the game has gone down since I've been kicked out. All that kind of garbage. Well, that's true. It has, in yeah. fairness. Uh, but yeah, the Albert Kelly thing, I have absolutely no idea how he'll go this weekend. Zero idea. He's been killing Queensland Cup, but he's also, you know, again, out of shape and old. So mm. we'll see. Uh, Keenan Palliasi is an awful player, though. I don't know. I've got no raps on him. So he's more of a concern for me anyway. Uh, now, another Magic Ground question. No more, no more Magic Ground questions. Who off the field ones? No, another one. Uh, no, and then Butsy mentioned the same thing he mentioned on Patreon, making sure we mentioned the Knights have lost twice. <laughs> okay, oh, well, okay, we will to the, to the Tigers. Uh, uh, okay, over on to Twitter. Let's go. The Steve's 89 says, Would Brad Thorne make a good NRL coach? And would make Wayne Bennett make a good Wallabies coach? Wayne Bennett could coach anything, and any succeed. sport. Leader of men. Hmm. Don't know about Brad Thorne, mate. No, nah, neither. Not sure. <laughs> also a leader of men, but I don't know. Uh, Paul Mack. In England, the Challenge Cup final used to be the weekend away for rugby league fans. But since the introduction of Magic Weekend over there, Wembley has failed to sell out since. Hmm. Could you see a day where fans in Australia choose Magic Weekend over Grand Final Weekend and it fails to sell out? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you gave me the choice right now, I would choose Magic Round over Grand. If South weren't playing, I would choose. Easily. I would choose Magic. It's not even close. 
And I'd imagine that the number of us people that went up there this weekend from New South Wales will far exceed the number of people who come down from Queensland, unless the Bron- even the if the Broncos Island. are playing, probably. So, yeah. We had people on the weekend discuss that exact same topic and there was people saying even if their own team win the grand final, they would rather go to Magic Weekend, which I would not choose over my own team in a grand final. I agree with that. The rest of it, 100%, mate. And the, the fouls are out thing, mate. It, the fouls are out all the time. They give out free tickets to fill the stadium, which is fine. But uh, Ryan Watson, given our dear leaders have decided the game's glory years are apparently the 80s and 90s and we must recreate them at all costs, I want to know if you were to pick a side that played exclusively in that era and pluck them in today's NRL what would it be and how would they go? Well, if I picked this, I'd bring in the, the 1997-98 Broncos period team and probably still go all right because all those guys played through the early thousands. You know? Yeah, I mean, they were pretty much the Australian team at the time. They yeah. probably go the best out of any. The gap was pretty pretty big. A general 90s team would get absolutely pounded now. Oh, no question. Oh, my God. Butsy asked it over. He's, he, <laughs> he's, like, he's on one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. That might, maybe that's all of it. Any questions you see that at stand out? A lot of questions there, but mm, let's go with two more. All right, two, one or two, two more. I don't know how long have we been going. I'm not actually sure. I don't know. Not even that long. I don't think we had the blackout. The blackout was <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Like it was literally like a 30 second blackout as well. Just like yeah. everything went off in my house, and I was like, oh, we're, we're done. But um, no, um. God damn it, that is a good one, but that won't. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Jake, we got asked Jacob Arthur's debut. How good was it? He was all right. Yeah, so it was fine. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, if you constantly change the rules of a sport and made them worse, uh, sorry, and these made the sport worse, would you A, admit you were wrong and reverse some of the mistakes you made, or B, double down and make more mistakes, uh, more changes to try? but fail and fix the issues created by the rule changes you already made. Mm. That's from Cameron Kusher. Good question, Cameron. A bit of both. Call me, call me. Can't reverse everything you've done, but yeah. Yeah, look. Uh, Coltrane Cup. So, yes, if you guys, if you're a new listener of the show, this is the ongoing tipping competition we do where um, you pick one match per week, but you've got to tip every single team in the NRL at least once. You can't tip anyone more than three times, and you've got to pick every team home and you've got to have the same number of home and away teams throughout the year. And you can't tip against the same team two weeks. You can't just you know keep tipping against the Bulldogs. But um, yeah, so we're still we're ten weeks into the year. I am second on the ladder. You are not second. Um, one man, Jason, our Knights guest, uh, our Warriors guest host. I'm sorry, still undefeated at ten and zero. A few of us at nine and one. Um, Almost 100% win rate this weekend. Obviously, um, uh, you know, Tigers are only roughly that won. A couple of lunatics picked the Bulldogs, um, which, you know, hey, they nearly won. They were winning with mm-hmm. a few minutes to go. So I guess it wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, so, and, you know, we'll have prizes for the winners, grand final tickets, merch, things like that. And uh, you get free entry along with your patron patronage, your Patreon subscription. And so if you want to be a part of it next year, or you can join now and be a part of all the other things that Rookie takes and the Discord and all that other stuff, patreon.com forward slash NRL boom rookies this week I am going to go with because again you got match you got to balance your home and away tips and I'm at seven home and two away with magic round being a neutral ground um so I've got to start racking up some away tips and picking some teams I haven't picked yet and a team that fits both of those uh criteria for this week for me is the Newcastle Knights with Blake Green returning to lead them to glory 
It's a very tough week if you sit in the situation that me and Bungard do of picking the Storm last week. Makes it very tough now because the obvious picks this week are the Storm against the Raiders with all their players suspended and the Sharks against the Dragons with all their players suspended. Those are the obvious picks this week. And I too am very short in away fixtures. I only picked three away fixtures so far. But you know, I'm not going to reveal full strategy. But I've obviously looked through a few weeks now, and I and I'm going now. I'm I'm going to take another home game. Unfortunately, I look at the away. I haven't got confidence in the Knights or the Tigers, even though I think they can get it done. Mm. Not Broncos are not winning. I'm not picking. I'm not using my last Penrith tip against South, and I'm not picking Manly against the Eels. So I'm just I've ruled out away teams for me. I'm going the Titans over the Bulldogs. I haven't picked the Titans yet. Yeah, fair. They're it's at home. a bad shot. They might lose though. They might lose. They might. And uh, that'd be I disastrous mean, for you, Mitchell. They're a dollar eighteen, which feels too short, and they haven't got the feeder back. But at home, yeah. They should have enough talent there to beat this Bulldogs team. I mean that they, they like a flat track. They should flatten the track. So Yeah. Yeah, look, fair enough. All right. And a special shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscriptions. And they are Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Ando, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief sixty nine. Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the greatest Among Us player of all time, the not-so-mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Turbo's Heroes, and Warwick Ahern. Mitchell, uh, status on your ding-dong and depression? Uh, still depressed. <laughs> okay, good. Ding-dong recovering. Okay, good. Medium. Good to know. Medium. Dog. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, we've done it. We come to another the end of another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Uh, thank you all for listening. We love you. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully, there won't be as many blowouts as there were uh, over the weekend that's just passed. Uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.